0: The presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. 30 years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster. Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns, Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster.
1: hello again everybody welcome in on a beautiful tuesday in nashville tennessee boy the weather has been incredible it will stay that way for another two or three days and then it's going to turn very fallish finally uh sometime this weekend all of a sudden you'll get highs in the upper 40s let's call roll let's start up on the plateau, there's Coach Watson Brown. Watson, how are you? George, I'm doing great. You know,
2: we old people don't like
1: cold weather. Your blood gets a little thinner,
2: and you've got to, you've got to put more clothes on. So I'm not a winter guy. I I like it warm. I sure do as I'm starting to get a little older. You can see my blonde hair is turning a little lighter.
1: Well, I'll say this. I've always been warm weather, partly Partly because warm weather means baseball. True. And uh, that's, uh, I'm not a big
2: If you pick a sport, baseball is your sport.
1: It's probably my favorite, but I mean, the the other two are right there with it. Uh, I just have, uh, you know, where a lot of people have this lull (laughs) from April, you know, until college football starts. I don't have the lull at all because I'm a huge Braves fan. And I keep up with baseball really close. And so I'm fortunate in my love of that sport. The problem is these kids now growing up, none of them care about it.
2: No, no it's a different world in that way. You, I I really wonder as time goes and we're gone and the billies of the world take over and are they going to be as fanatic about sports as our generation was because our generation loves its sports. And, and we've made, the fans have made these sports, George, we saw, I don't want to go too long here, but we saw in back when COVID hit the pandemic and we didn't have fans in the stands. It wasn't wasn't even close to what it is. When you've got those Athens, Knoxville, stadiums like that, man, that's, that's what you and I grew up around yes. fell in love with. That's why we love Southeast football. I mean, college football. We, we've yep. always loved it.
1: So, Billy, take it from there.
3: Well, um, George, I agree 100% with Watson in saying that, you know, after COVID and those crowds came back, I mean, that was a feeling unlike any other. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a sports fan, the crowds are back. It's like, man, a little bit of my life is back. I mean, we we've got these all these fans back, and uh, so I completely agree with you, Watson. But I will answer your question in saying, I don't think down the road kids growing up are going to love and enjoy sports maybe as much as I did or you did, just because there's so many other spectacles now with concerts and all kinds of different things. So what I worry uh, about,
1: it. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Legitimate concern. Let's say hello to Terry McCormick. He loves baseball, but he also does our daily Titans update that starts the show during football season. So, Terry, they're back. They've been back now for 24 hours. Give me some news, even though I know the players aren't there today.
4: Well, George, I mean, if you look at the Titans, I think I'm not much into these next-generation stats and all that, but I'll give credit where credit is due. Teron Davenport of ESPN, I guess he quoted maybe pro football focus, but Titans receivers the other night had less than average, less than two yards of separation per pass play. And, you know, like I said, I'm not a big analytics guy and things like that, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's not very good. In fact, it was one of the lowest rated numbers of the entire season. If you're looking for an indictment of this Titans offense, there's another piece of evidence.
1: Terry, uh, you've talked about that they are sort of strapped uh, from a salary cap standpoint. In your opinion, could they have done more at the deadline than Chris Conley?
4: I think so. I think, but it all depends on how much draft capital you want to part with in order to bring in somebody that can make an impact and make a difference. You know, there are other options that you could go with, you know, that might be a little cheaper uh you know deshaun jackson you saw him last night he is was active for the first time or maybe not the first time but he was on the ravens practice squad and he was a game time elevation for them if a team wanted to add him to their active roster he's there for the taking so you know if you're looking for a speed option that might be one where they could go for a short-term fix but they've been down that road before they tried it with josh gordon and it certainly didn't work out because it didn't appear that he had a whole lot left in the tank. So, you know, when you do those types of things, you know, you, it's buyer beware. Because if they're on another team's practice squad, one, there's probably a reason they're not on anybody's roster. And two, you're not exactly getting to try it before you buy it.
1: Terry, they get Denver this weekend. And not that he is quite at Patrick Mahomes level anymore, but Russell Wilson is a guy that has made a living after plays appear to break down. Seems to me that's one of the things you have to worry about with an offense that, to be honest, has not gotten a lot done.
4: Yeah, but, you know, I'll say this about Russell Wilson and the same thing in the Thursday game that they're about to have with Aaron Rodgers uh, a week from Thursday with two games. That's two quarterbacks who are really now starting to show signs of wear. There was a time even, you know, just a year or two ago that both of those guys could put an offense on their back and carry them all the way into the playoffs, maybe even make a deep run to the Super Bowl. But now I think you're seeing both of those guys and especially Wilson get to the point where he now has to have a strong supporting cast in order to win ball games. He's become a very average type quarterback and, you know, Quite frankly, the Titans need to take advantage of that because the Broncos' offense hasn't been very good. The supporting cast is very average, and this is a game that they need to find a way to win because I think Russell Wilson is not quite what he was two or three years ago, George.
1: Watson yesterday questioned whether Ryan Tannehill would be able to play Sunday against Denver, um, knowing the kind of injury that, that Ryan has. What are you hearing uh, privately
4: on that? They're keeping it pretty close to the vest, but, you know, if an ankle injury, you know, one of the things, and Watson can probably talk to this about this better than I can because he played the position, but I would think that for a right-handed quarterback, and most of them are, that a right ankle injury would be very, very difficult because that's your plant foot. That's what you drive off of. That's where you plant to to drive the football and make the throws that you need to make in order to uh, you know complete passes so if that ankle is messed up you've got to make sure that that is healed enough that you can get a little bit of velocity on your throws and also that you can move around enough to protect yourself once the pass rush starts to get there.
1: Watson you want to take it and go?
2: Uh, well Terry's right and I I think both ankles are important when you throw it, but I would say if you pick one of the two, because you've got to absolutely transfer your weight to the left one too. But I would say the right one would be, if you got to be without one, you'd rather be without the left. It'd be the one hurt more than the right. And when you're right-handed, your cuts are going to be more on your right ankle than your your left ankle. And just what I saw Terry in warm he wouldn't even – take a couple of little steps and throw, I think he's still a ways away. And I think they're hiding it. Uh, yeah, but I think I, I'll bet right. you he's he's at least one more week away. And if he is another week away, Terry, to me, they have, if, if they're going to stick with Willis and not Woodside, they have got to put some quarterback runs in and let this kid run the ball 10, 12 times to cover up for his passing uh, things that he struggles with. They've got to let him carry the ball more, in my opinion.
4: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, you, you saw in the second quarter the other night how well that worked once they got him on the edge, gave him the option to either run it, throw it, or you know, pitch it to a running back, that sort of thing. I think, you know, for lack of a better term, you gotta run like a, a variation of the old wing T with him, Watson, and let him let him show off what he's got as a passer and a runner. Now, I think yeah. it's 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 a wildcat
2: thought to me, Terry. He's he's a wildcat back that can throw. And I would put in just playing. Those were replays that he got to keep it on. I would just put some call runs into him. And uh, that that's what he did in college, too. He ran the ball a lot in college and just quarterback draws, different things. And, uh, and if you keep him within the change, he'll complete more passes. He is not ready for the third and long stuff. He is. You could see it the other night. He's not. They have got to figure out a way to stay out of that and score some points with him. Uh, but I, I think he'll be playing another week. I'll be shocked if if Tannehill is ready to go this week.
4: I think you know, it, it's getting better for Tannehill, but he's going to have to be able to, to practice all three days, I would think, in yeah. order to be able to have a shot to go. And I don't know that he's there yet.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. If he does, I'll be surprised.
1: Terry, get ready. That question will be asked every day <laughs> until the end of the week. Thanks as I always.
2: All right. now, buddy.
1: That's Terry McCormick, and that is our Daily Titans update.
3: Sponsored by the great folks over at the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. The Justin Tucker team, Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. You can give them a call at 615-906-8458. Also, Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and also online at SumnerFuneral.com. All right, let's roll into today's update with the Nashville Predators who are in action tonight in Seattle. Nine o'clock puck drop on TNT. George, Seattle's a good team. Uh,
1: Seattle is all of a sudden a pretty good team.
3: They are. They're at seven wins, I think, right now. But the Preds, it's a big game for them tonight. They can get to 500 uh, with the wind. Sounds like your uh, bet of the day, George.
1: Um, I don't think so.
3: Well, not not anymore, but last week at least.
1: God knows off last night. I need some help. Holy cow. <laughs> nice effort by the Saints. Lackadaisical. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> That's all we got.
3: Quickly. Moving right along here, Tennessee and Georgia draws a huge number, 13 million viewers on CBS, making it the most-watched college football game of the season on any network. It drew a larger audience, George and Watson, than the final game of the World Series.
1: Well, yeah, a test pattern would have done that. I mean, in fairness.
3: You're you're snarky today. No, in
1: fairness. I I mean, my goodness. I mean, if it's not the Braves playing, then don't watch it. it. Yep, yep. That is what I'm saying. Okay. No, it is not. (laughs) What I'm saying is look, the playoffs in general have not done what I would have hoped they would. It ought to concern baseball, but you know, you've got a commissioner who's more worried about labor negotiations. He's into that. (laughs) Keep going.
3: Rolling By the home. way, we
1: don't have the local stuff yet, or I'd give, I'd put it out for you. No, not yet. Not yet.
3: Jerry Jones has come out and said that Odell Beckham Jr. could look pretty good in a Cowboys uniform. Of course, reports are suggesting that Beckham is targeting a return uh, in early December, but the question is, with what team? Jerry Jones wants him.
1: Yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, <laughs> sure he'd look good in a Cowboys uniform. Huh? Mr.
2: Headlines.
1: Well, he goes on a radio show in Dallas every week, and he's got to have something to fill <laughs> yeah, up. Mr. Time
2: Headlines. With. He's going he's gonna to get up front somehow.
1: And then the last story. Last story <laughs> is a pretty
3: funny one. Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, as Justin Fields was running at him uh, towards the sideline after getting a Bears first down, uh, apparently he had said something to Fields, and after the game, McDaniel said, I just wanted him to stop scrambling. It was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all.
1: Watson, I watched Jeff Fisher one time. I used to do a a, a halftime deal um, at at the stadium. And so I would go down on the field early. And Derek Mason, who at that point was a former Titan with Baltimore, was yapping to um, to some players on the Titan sideline. And Jeff yelled at him. Shut the hell up and get in your huddle. (laughs) Did you ever say anything to an opposing player?
2: Yes, I did. uh, One I can remember is the latter, because early years I probably said a lot, but (laughs) I don't remember. But in my latter years, we had played Garoppolo four straight times. We beat him as a freshman sophomore. He beat us as a junior and a senior. In his senior year, he gets knocked over Toward us, two minutes to go. They're in the lead, out of bounds. I helped him up and said, "I hope the hell you're through. Is this it?" <laughs> what and did he say? He looked at me, giggled, and just ran the hell on the field.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm
3: tired of seeing you. Is this I,
1: it? Love it. Uh, Man, I love four it. Four
3: years of Garoppolo. Ooh, boy, is Garoppolo, That's really awful.
1: Yeah. Hey, we have a big show for you today, headlined, of course, by Tony Basilio. Sports talk show host out of Knoxville. It'll be the first time this year that we have talked to Tony after a Tennessee loss. And so we'll get the reactions from his show, find out a bunch of stuff from him that'll be a little bit different than it has been, but nonetheless entertaining. Then Watson will give you a little bit of his analysis of where Tennessee is after this Georgia loss. And then during the five o'clock hour, a lot of stuff, including college basketball expert Taylor Barnett, who was at Belmont last night for their buzzer beater against Ohio U. I was at Memorial Gym, which was a sauna. I have never been that hot in that gym for a game. That was that was brutal. I'd agree, George. Ooh. Uncomfortable. Memphis made it more uncomfortable, by the way. Sure did. Anyway, full plate, get ready. This is Main Street Media Television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a 9-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since
1: then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time.
5: I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com.
1: By the way, Mark Benda just sends out the Tennessee Georgia game did a 24 1 rating. The Titans Chiefs did a 23. Take it away, Billy.
3: George, it is now time for Tennessee Tuesday with Tony Basilio, powered by Complete Service Heating and Air, but also direct radon mitigation. With Complete Service Heat and Air, they do service and repair on heating and air the right way, 24-7 service. Call them at 615-797-3997, serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Also, direct radon. Have you heard of the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer. The only way to know is to test for it. Visit directradonmitigation.com to schedule a free estimate. I'll Complete specular. Service Heat
6: and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have warm air throughout those cold winter months. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties.
1: Okay, I'll speculate that 24 share would have been even higher if that game had been in doubt in the fourth quarter, but it really was not as Georgia took command. We go to Knoxville for our weekly visit with longtime sports talk show host Tony Basilio, who joins us in that right-hand corner of the picture.
7: Oh, nice. I taped it up there for you, boys. I voted today. I taped it up there for you, boys. So.
1: Excellent. Excellent.
7: Stood, so, a, stood in line for like um good hour so
1: did you really there you go,
7: not. There you go brother there you go
1: what is up here so Tony first of all what was the post game like what was the reaction of callers when it was over
7: um I was pretty proud of the audience I'm, I've been pretty proud of them I, I think a lot of people were just very uh what's the term to use here realistic? Yeah, realistic and appreciative of where the football team's gotten. And the fact that, I mean, let's face facts. Georgia's a gold standard program in this league right now. And there's no shame in your game um, for losing to them. I mean, they are what they are. They're, they're excellent. You know, I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. they are They are fantastic. And their plan against Tennessee was perfect. Their defensive plan against them was perfect. Offensively, they threw the ball over them which is something that has uh, needed to happen, you know, uh, if you're going to be effective with Tennessee. So well played by them. I mean, it was, um, it was a very good game plan. They executed it. And I think most people here have come to the conclusion that Tennessee is very much alive for a playoff berth, which I got to tell you guys. Um, a caller called me today and gave me a, a little something from Vegas that I didn't realize. Tennessee had a .01% chance by Vegas of making the playoff. They were 1000 to one coming into the season. Guys could have made a lot of money to put a hundred dollars in the Vols.
1: No kidding. Tony, this is you and Watson are going to get knee deep into this, but I'm going to ask it early. I believe there is at least one scenario and possibly two where Tennessee and Georgia hook up again. One of them is in the semifinal at Mercedes Benz, the home of the Falcons, The other, I guess, could be for the national championship. If that were to happen, what buttons do you think Tennessee has to push that maybe didn't get pushed Saturday?
7: Well, it's interesting. Rick Neuheisel, who's going to do this game, uh, appeared here locally and did an interview. It wasn't on my show, but one of the things he said is that Tennessee left the middle of the field alone on Saturday, which really surprised him because they've been making hay in the middle of the field. The real issue, though, is that they jammed Tennessee's receivers so much and disrupted so much of what Tennessee likes to do that that just didn't happen. The second thing is Hendon Hooker did not run during the portion of the game when the game was in doubt early in the game. And if Tennessee is going to be effective offensively, he's got to contribute some. Uh, with his legs, he was ball holding a little bit too much, but that's almost attributable to the fact that Georgia just disrupted everything Tennessee wanted to do. And and big number eighty-eight, big Carter, who I was on here last week talking about how they're going to be able to manage um, his snaps with Tennessee gone as fast as they were. Well, when you take the center and the guard or a guard and a tackle and throw them back on the quarterback while you're laying on the back of the quarterback. Uh, or laying on his legs or whatever. I guess that's one way to to, uh, to to play that young man. He dominated. Number 88 dominated that game from Georgia last week. And, you know, he basically did it as a, as a beat-up, banged-up uh, guy. So, uh, you know, credit to him. Uh, you know, Georgia just played – they just played really well. They no, just really
0: did. Really good.
1: Watson, your witness.
2: Tony, I, when we talked on Friday – uh, we talked about that uh, the atmosphere that they would go into would be a factor. And and the one that could harass the quarterback the best would win the game. I thought both of those pieces played a major piece in the game. Uh, the, the atmosphere was matched with the Tennessee atmosphere. I mean, it was fantastic. Yep. Tennessee got in a lot of behind-the-chain situations that really hurt them because of communication jumping off sides. Uh, I thought it slowed their pace down. They, they couldn't hear very well and it just slowed it. It slowed the whole process down, which went to Georgia's favor. And then when you get behind the chains, but for a lot of different reasons, and I'm going to get into some of that in a minute with you, but when you get behind the chains, it plays into Georgia's hands. And, uh, that was they got a lot of long yardage opportunities to rush the passer, and when they did, they were in his face. And I'm telling you, if you watch the Chiefs and the and the Titans on Sunday night, you saw the same thing with Mahomes. I don't care how good everybody's wanting to get on hooker a little bit. I don't care how good you are when you've got big bodies in your face as a quarterback. And I played that position. I know, yeah, when big bodies in your face. It's, you're a different player. You can't see. Rhythm gets messed up, everything. Sometimes bodies in your face, Tony, are worse than sacks uh, because you just, you get flustered and you just can't see the throw. Now you're throwing late, you're off balance some. So I thought harassing the quarterback because of getting behind the chains for, because crowd noise, a bunch of penalties Tennessee hadn't been getting. And they couldn't run the ball. They averaged just barely three yards a carry when we've been getting four to seven, we got three. It's now second and seven and second, instead of second and four, believe me, that is a different second down call for the defense. Yeah, I just thought that the harassment of the quarterback, in my
7: personal opinion, didn't help but being behind the chains was the biggest part of the game. Well, we're looking at the safety here, you know, that, that really was a safety and I I love replay guys because they come out of that with saying that he got the ball to the one half foot line which you've got to love that's either the quarterback's arms in motion which you could say that okay whatever or you could say he's tackled for a safety you can't say the the one thing they came out of that replay with was the one thing that you couldn't have but you gotta love the SEC. I mean, because it's it's a mystery anytime they go under the hood with her to come back with. <laughs> but but that said, guys, um Watson, you are so right from a standpoint of Hendon Hooker has not been hit like that since he's been Tennessee starter. He just hasn't no. been. The no, game's so much people. easier when it's just played, you know, in open space. I drop back, you're open, I throw the ball to you. You drop back, you're open, I throw the ball to you. You drop back, you know, I drop back, you're, you know, one, two, three, ball out. Saturday was none of that. Saturday was total, complete disruption of everything Tennessee wanted to do. And then Tennessee's wide receivers, you know, um, talking to some people, I think they got a little frustrated too because they're not used to getting jammed the way that they were. Well, So, so the frustration and, 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 was across the board. I would be really curious to see what the adjustments are when they play them because chances are they may play them. You know, if the season plays out the way we think it could, um, I think one of the things Tennessee would do is get their backs more involved with their passing game, try to get the ball in their hands and space quicker because everything was just so jammed up. Like you were saying, another thing that was noticed by the telecast um, Danielson said that he, he was a really Kind of Not puzzled, but he had just noticed how short the depth of the drops were from Hooker, which that is what Hooker does. He stands right in that pocket. Yeah. And he wonders if Tennessee uh, shouldn't get him back there a little more to create some space if they got another crack at this thing because he had no time. I mean, he got swallowed up.
2: Well, they can back him up, but with that kind of harassment,
7: <laughs> ankle again,
2: battle. they want to throw everything at Hendon and the offensive line. And I take up for both yeah. because the offensive line got caught. They needed to run the ball better. But they got caught in these second and third and longs, man. You do not want to play the Georgia defensive line in second and third long. Mm-hmm. The way they played Georgia different is stay within the chains. You cannot get in long yardage against the University of Georgia, Tony. Georgia was very simple. They played some form of quarters coverage, some form of man-free coverage, and ran about three blitzmans close to the goal line. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Now they rushed four, rushed five, rushed three, and played these coverages off of the different rushes. Mm-hmm. But it was a very simple game plan. And where I disagree with Rick is the coverages they were playing were taking the middle away more. When you're playing quarters coverage, those two inside safeties, what happened in the Kentucky game is – the safety was hanging inside, but the mm-hmm. corner went with the inside route, and they will—they got the boundary wide open. Well, Georgia fell off of that route, and the inside guy broke on the ball. Mm-hmm. And when you're running middle routes against a free safety, he's looking—I disagree 100 percent. Where I think what happened is the receivers got impatient because they've been so good. They weren't open the way they've been getting open, but they were still open. Hendon wasn't getting the ball to him as quick as he normally does because he's having to bump around in the pocket. Right. And so the whole thing got off a little. You remember back before when I said, you take these wide splits and you don't beat people one-on-one, man-to-man, what do you go to next? I think that happens Saturday. They're going to have to start getting some pick routes and some things crossing underneath. And then the other thing that I think they'll go to – and these third and longs as use their back more. You just said it. They've got to got use so. the back in the backfield more yeah. in third down, in yeah. check downs and in screens, some mm-hmm. backfield screens. Mm-hmm. But everything is – they don't change anything. They coordinate a few things better. But Tennessee is going to struggle against a good defense in third and long and second and long because everybody in the country does. When Tennessee is good, like they've been these first seven, eight weeks, first and second down, they're controlling everything. They weren't getting mm-hmm. in thirds and long. They were never having to play catch-up football. They were always in the lead. That's right. You know, there's things that happen in that game that aren't going to happen maybe the next time they play them. They, right. If they play Georgia again, they got to stay within the chains. Nobody will beat Georgia in second and third long.
7: It's not going to happen. Like nobody.
2: Nobody. Not There's staying, not a team not in, in, in the country that will beat Georgia not, in passing not, down situations. Not with the cover abilities, though,
7: they got and the pass rush. The pass rush is the best in the country. And the reason I think the Batonists have uh, been – and Bama fans don't want to hear this. It's not because they're having a two-loss year. Georgia lost all those players to the NFL, yeah. several of whom are contributing.
2: They're deep, Tony.
7: And they're unbel- – I mean, Watson, they're unbelievable – they lost their best tackler, that outside linebacker, the kid that had more tackles for loss uh, coming into that game. Did, did you notice them miss, missing him Saturday? I'm sure they missed him, but it, did, it sure didn't look like it to me. You know, no. the thing that uh, when you were talking about the way they attacked Tennessee, the thing I, the thing that when I went back and watched a game that jumped out at me was they were using uh, – like so, some of the stuff they ran, though, it was simple, was a little complex. I mean, they ran some zone blitzes. Tennessee hasn't seen that stuff because they get most teams out of that. But
8: well, Georgia they don't see it
7: because... Dictating. Georgia was dictating because they were in those third and longs. Now that I think about that's it, that's the reason. That's, that's the reason
2: Tennessee hadn't seen them, Tony, well, because why. they're never in those situations. There you go. They were playing quarters cross with two droppers yeah. and rushing five. Yep. So that was the zone blitz. And then they played man free when they were in a single set. They, they had a simple plan. It was not something that blew Tennessee's mind, nothing. Mm -hmm. They just out executed them and got, they got in the right situations where they could out execute, Mm -hmm. but it showed a big thing, George, and then I don't want to eat it up here, but one big thing I saw, Tony, they've got to keep going fast. They, because their defense is not good enough. they got to outscore people. One thing I saw Saturday is, Tennessee's defense came back to real re, realization a little bit. They're not good enough over there to win a championship. The offense is going to have
7: to be the one to pull these big wins off. Of, say, if they were to get into the final four. Well, and that's a great point because look, this defense, I've been saying it all year. I've said it on here a million times and boy, I look silly with that thing taped on my hat, but nah, you look great. I, I'm doing, I'm doing my PSA here today. I'll say this guys that, This is the first team that's attacked their secondary. These guys got attacked on Saturday, and Georgia in the second half, you know, Georgia just kind of uh, took the foot off the gas, threw the ball four times, and said, "Let's get out of here with a victory." Absolutely, really, they did Tennessee a solid because, you know, a twenty-seven to thirteen game as a final looks a lot different than forty-five to thirteen, which is what that thing could have been because it felt like it felt like a much more convincing win because I call it like I see it, you know, that, that that thing felt like a lot more than a two touchdown victory. But as it is, Tennessee, when you start looking at staying within the chains, they're in striking distance now. They're in the chains on this playoff. They have three games left. They're all games. They're going to be double digit favorites in. They've got this game. They've got a night game at South Carolina. This game over here is a noon Eastern time start. And then whatever Vanderbilt holds and George, I'm just glad we're not playing the Vanderbilt game in Memorial Gym because they told me I sweat to death when I came down oh there for that god. one. Oh my god.
1: It was a friend of mine
7: was at that game last yeah. night, George. He said he's he said he's been in saunas that were cooler than that gym last night, George.
1: I have never been in Memorial Gym for a game that was like that.
7: What what's the deal? You no know, air, air conditioning or Just
1: yeah. A- uh, what do you want me to say? I mean <laughs> I'm, I'm this- <laughs> This thinking. is 30 years of an administration that doesn't give a damn. I mean, that that's the bottom line to it is, you know.
7: Look, yeah, I'm, not try, it, I'm not trying to get you guys, you know, I, I'm not no, trying to start it, trouble on here. You know, I mean,
1: there's nothing new here to say. I've been saying this for 30 years that, you know, they, they've taken the check and. Then, you know, they send it to wherever they send it, but it certainly it doesn't appear that an athletic department ever gets much of the check. Now, this may be something they work on uh because that's a great old gym. It's one oh, of the great it. gyms in the country. Yeah. it deserves better than being turned into a sweatshop. That's all I that's all I say. I heard now. it
7: was totally like totally uncomfortable in there. It was.
1: Like, that's it wild. was brutal.
7: Like a gym in the summer, right? That kind of thing. Exactly.
1: It was, that's exactly what it felt like Yeah. was (laughs) Tony. That's where I met Mark Griffin. Um, When CM Newton was the coach one year, I had just interviewed at Memphis state and I, they, they needed an instructor for the little Mm six-year-olds. Mark Griffin was a real instructor. I was, I had one play the fist and the one kid that could dribble dribbled and the other four went to the corner and yelled Mm -hmm. and I will never forget this Watson coach Newton did not know that I was an instructor and he walks in on Tuesday and he sees me and he goes oh my lord and I was like your name's behind this this is your camp Boy, total silence there. Your your money at
7: work. Your money at work, parents. Absolutely. Okay. So, out of there. Much better basketball players.
1: No question, they did. They, they had fun me the with me. The Fist.
7: The fist, man.
1: The fist. That's all it yeah. took. That's where I met Mark Griffin. Um, after the game Saturday, around two thirty Central Time, three yeah. thirty your time. You hit the <gasps> airwaves. How can people hear you?
7: So I'm at tclub.team tonight. As soon as they say what Tennessee's playoff spot is going to be, and who knows, but we'll be on live talking about it. Um, we we did a post game after last night's basketball game here, um, and you know we just try to serve fans. That's what we do, and you can tell by looking at me, guys, that this thing's wearing me out. But but hey, it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, we're enjoying every minute of it. And you have these these sports seasons overlapping. To be honest with you guys, it's a little too early for college basketball for me. Uh, but I don't have the bandwidth. George, on Saturday, I lost my dreams of a Tennessee undefeated season. I lost the dream of winning the college. The uh, college. Oh, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> I lost the, the dream of series. winning the World Series in baseball. And then I follow that damn MLS, and they even got beat. They they blew a 2-1 lead late. Um, That thing was Black Saturday from the word go, man. And I did six hours on here the other night, and my son called me from Philly the next day, and he said, Dad, I'm really glad you got off the air because I was listening to you at the end, and I was kind of worried about You sounded really, really just beat up by it. I said, I was totally beat up by it. I was completely over it.
1: But look at the positive.
7: Hey, let, let
1: me say something to Tony. Tony,
2: Get your head out of your fanny. Get back up again. The big orange is not dead in the water, babe. They may be better off right now than they were if they'd won the game. I'm telling you, there'll be no worse than fifth tonight. There'll be no worse than fifth. And if they, there's going to be two one lost teams in the playoffs. So they may be sitting better right now than they would have been if they'd won the game. So just keep keep on getting
7: on. Okay, and i know me, Bank Love tonight, Watson. I'm up and it's over at tclub.team, which is where you can find me tclub.team. But Watson, I'm going to pass your message of long uh, your message of love along uh this evening. So thank you. You do
2: that. You you By tell way, them. Everything's going to be all right. Everybody get your head up. Everything's going to be yep. all right.
1: Yep. What time on Friday does your dad come on with you?
7: He's <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I got nothing but love for Watson Brown. I, mean, I, I know I do George, too. this is something you started. This thing is like um, people tell me they go, "Would you quit quoting him? Would you quit <laughs> quoting him?" And I go, "No, I can't. The man has taken me under wing. I can't quit quoting him." I love but, it. But um, I, I just Watson, I love you. I appreciate you, and oh, George, I really right. thank you for for allowing me to do this this year with you guys. It's, oh, been a real it's joy the other way around. It really, it's an, an honor, man. We're to glad honor. to have
1: you. Yeah, yeah. it's a true honor to have you on. Thanks. We'll do it again next Tuesday.
7: Thank you, guys. Be blessed. See you, boys. Thank you.
1: He's a good one. Tony Basilio joining us from Knoxville. Did you like that comment? <laughs> no, I did not like that comment. You did not need to go there. Oh, everybody loved it. Oh, you did
2: not need the guy. I put that one over all here in the column. All I wrote four, that one on the right column. So
1: all four
2: payback is a you-know-what.
1: We'll go to the break. And then Watson, or as he's now known, Tony's dad, will rejoin us to get into some analysis of where Tennessee is following the loss. This is Main Street Media Television.
3: For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonleyTimmons.com.
0: At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way, 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson. Counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Galton on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome.
1: And so let's get into a little bit of University of Tennessee analysis with Coach Watson Brown. Watson, this is the first time they have had to deal with any adversity. As a coach, what would you be doing this week in practice?
2: Getting back to fundamentals. Just let's get back and do things better. Let's do the things we do well that we didn't do Saturday. Uh, There'd be no, I mean, God. You, you can't get up tight from losing the university of Georgia and Athens. You've got, you've got to move on. And they couldn't, they're luckiest bunch in the world, George, because Alabama gets beat Clemson gets beat. If both of those win, they're further down the ladder and they might not get another shot. But now that both of those have gotten beat, they're not going to be worse than five tonight. You can just put it down. Okay, not not worse
1: than fifth. Not when the players need to know it, Watson. But do you talk to them about that? I I don't get deep into it, but
2: I think I think he would probably go and say, guys, ever everything but the SEC championship is still out there for us. Let's just keep playing ball and keep getting better. And I'm not going to bring it up again but let's just keep playing ball and keep getting better. We're not dead in the water by any means whatsoever. And I wouldn't say it again, but yes, I think in a, and I'll bet he does in a, in some form of a way, George.
1: Watson, what we're looking at on the screen is ESPN's playoff projector and while I have no idea exactly how they crunch these numbers, and I'm not going to pretend to act like I do, the concept that Alabama has a 1% better shot of getting in than TCU is ESPN pandering to Alabama.
9: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't get that one. I mean, balls in TCU's court, George, all they got to do is went out and they're in. They're in. They've got two tough games, and then whoever they play in the in the Big Twelve championship game. But they're they got to go to Texas, and they're in the next two weeks. So we're gonna know. I just don't think they'll get out of those two without a loss. But
1: um, and I don't either.
2: That's not fair to them to put that up there to me. And maybe they're putting in the play that Alabama doesn't. Well, they still got Ole Miss this week. That's not a gimme by any means. So right. I don't. I don't see that one. I don't think Alabama should be seventeenth either. They've got two losses. Nobody else up there does. Nobody. I, I, well, LSU does down in five, I guess. They've got two.
1: Are you surprised they give Clemson essentially a one in three chance? I don't see it.
2: Well, they're not going to lose another game unless they lose to my brother in the championship game. Clemson's through now. I mean, they got. I think they have three straight home games, George, to finish out the thing. None of the ones can beat them. They played all the toughies, and uh, so they're going to be in that top five, in my opinion, because they won't lose. If they beat North Carolina in the championship game, they will be the they will be the odd man out. This is exactly the way I see it going down right here. I don't know ESPN what. Throw out this on the right side, but the left side, I see it. Georgia, Ohio state, Tennessee, Michigan. I think that will be the four teams in.
1: Let me take my stupid pills here.
2: Yeah. And I've already taken mine. So
1: for which some of you are saying, well, you've overdosed on those. What if Kentucky at home were to rise up in the game of their year and beat Georgia, (laughs) Then what?
2: Well, if TCU stays undefeated, they'd go to they go down to, to, they'd be right with Tennessee. They'd be right in front of Tennessee. Is what I would say. If Tennessee is fifth, they'd be fourth. If Tennessee's sixth, they'd be fifth. Um, <laughs> I can't see that happening, but Lord knows anything can happen. Uh, but you got a good point. No, I think they go down. I'm not sure they fall out of the top four. But if they do, if that were to happen, it hurts Tennessee because Georgia will be in front of Tennessee.
1: Has Georgia reached a point where if they lose in the SEC title game, they're still in?
2: Yes. I think they have a chance to still be in because the 2 lost team won't get in, that they'll be playing. And they're going to be LSU or it's going to be um, Alabama. It's going to be – and possibly Ole Miss. But it – yes. I think they would still be in the mix, probably fighting for number four. Again, Georgia loses in the SEC championship game, hurts Tennessee. Tennessee needs Georgia to win. Tennessee needs Georgia to win out. It ups their only loss, and it don't throw Georgia down, which everybody would put in front of Tennessee. So well, if then there's never a time Tennessee to be pulling for
1: Georgia. It's Can right you- now. You'd be saying the same thing about Alabama um, if if they win the championship. No, I'm saying if you're Tennessee, you want Alabama winning because it makes that victory more meaningful.
2: See, I don't see that. I'd rather Alabama lose another. I'd rather get out. Al- I think Alabama's out. I don't think Alabama's in. If they beat, if they got to the SEC championship, that means LSU's got to lose what two
1: more. Yeah, that's not happening.
2: That ain't happening. So it's going to be LSU, in my opinion. I, if I'm Tennessee, I won't. I'd not want to win another game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll stop there. Here's what we're going to do after the break. We'll have stat of the day. That's a scary proposition. Then we'll talk a little college basketball. Former Belmont star Taylor Barnett will join us. To talk about their buzzer beater last night against Ohio University and then later in the five o'clock hour, the ramifications of Indianapolis hiring Jeff Saturday, who let me say up front I think will be really good, but there's some stuff in the background that gets a little dicey. We'll talk about it. You need to stick with us on Main Street Media Television.
8: This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo.
6: After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Lumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever.
1: Hit After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several Iron Mike pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays groups and corporate outings and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com.
10: This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bark. Bark gets millions of dollars for his clients every year.
7: At Bar Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Christmas
6: for Kids is back at the Ryman this November 21st. Christmas for Kids provides children with shopping sprees, coats, and unforgettable experiences every year. This annual fundraising concert helps bring that experience to more kids. This year is hosted by Phil Vassar and includes Chris Young, the frontman, which is Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, Larry Stewart of Restless Heart, Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Essex County, and a whole lot more. Christmas for Kids, November 21st, To purchase tickets, go right now to Rival.com.
3: It is now time for Stat of the Day here on the George Plaster Show, sponsored by John English Vintage Sports and Cards over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. You can find them, of course, in Shelbyville, specializing in antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and other sport-related items. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. Visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Call Eric at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Okay, let's get to today's stat of the day as I uh, attempt to get through it here. Here it is. Which three NFL receivers are tied for the most 100-plus yard receiving outings in their first three seasons? Little hint. There's one retired player.
1: Okay, Billy, you stay out of this. Watson and I've got some thinking to do. Watson, is it as easy as saying Jerry Rice has got to be on that list?
2: Oh, I'd say so. Did he get started early? Was he really good early or did he just really get better as the years went on?
1: That'd be my only question to that Uh, one, George. You know, honestly, I don't know.
2: I don't either, because he came from Mississippi Valley, I think it was, or one of those schools, and I, yeah. and, and he hadn't played the top-caliber competition.
1: I just wonder if he started out, right out his career, that good. Watson, when you think about it, Hint being one retired player. Um, yeah, we got to
2: get that first.
1: Yeah, I mean – you want to just go with Jerry Rice and we'll leave the other two for the moment?
2: Okay. I'm, that, I can't think of who else I'd put in there right now.
1: Is Jerry Rice in there?
3: That's what Seems I was afraid of. Yeah,
1: I don't like the question. Uh, that's, wow. George,
3: here's that buzzer. He doesn't like the question. Yeah. Um, this one's tough. Ooh. This, this is a hard one because I,
2: there's too many dang receivers, even in today's game, that you could throw into that. Devontae Adams?
1: Um, How about uh, Metcalf in Seattle? He and Russell Wilson. Yeah. You want to go with both of those? Uh, what do you mean? Who's the second? Adams and Metcalf?
2: I don't know if Devontae, was he that good early? He, he came out the same, right at the same time that uh, what's his car came out with the Raiders.
1: They were close to each other right in there. Was he that good early with the Packers? Watson, let me ask this. Is it possible that the retired player is out of the old Air Corps yell, A John Jefferson type. I don't know. Look, I'm. This
2: one's got me. I, there's so many guys that could be in that 100-yard deal playing now. And I sure, hard to figure out who might be the retired guy. Harrison at, at Baltimore.
1: That caught
2: A million balls. I mean
1: Harrison at Indy. I mean, I mean Marvin, Indy. Marvin Harrison. That'd be a great one. Let, let, let's go ahead and reveal just for time purposes.
3: Okay, so Justin. You caught Jefferson. It. Justin Jackson. Odell Beckham Jr. and Randy, Randy Moss. Randy
1: Moss, gosh. Randy that Moss. Should have been, that should have been the one we got. Yeah.
2: No, we didn't even yeah. think about him. It. It's a tough question. That's a good one. Ooh, we didn't brutal. come close on that boy.
1: No, we were We were not. They they no. did not let us in the stadium. No, we're, we're, we're still in the beginner's pool on that one. Yeah, road. big time. Still tailgating. What does that mean, Billy? It is
3: time for the 5 o'clock hour powered by Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere. Whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement, MTBJ has the staff training and equipment that you need to take care of any patient in any circumstance. You can find them on the web at mtbj.net for more information
1: okay when we get knee deep into basketball season former belmont star taylor barnett is going to join us on a weekly basis watson he's no stranger to your act and mine and so that ought to be a lot of fun
2: and he's still doing it so that's fantastic
1: uh, yeah i don't know what it says for his intelligence no but- it doesn't
2: say much for his intelligence at all but
1: <laughs> let's bring him up by phone taylor how you doing Wow, I'm already taken stabs at my intelligence, huh? You know, we have a picture of you by the way in this caption on the phone and you actually have like a a blue blazer and a tie that looks like it actually matches. <laughs> hey, listen, it's just honestly it's
10: just an honor to be on here with a Hall of Famer. I just I feel <laughs> truly blessed.
1: What a load of crap. uh taylor let's get down to the important stuff you were at the curb center last night and saw belmont's buzzer beater in a moment we're going to show the play that actually won it for them but you know a little something about buzzer beaters from your past history tell us what happened last night
10: yeah um it was awesome games i was actually there with my dad it was his birthday and first time we actually had been the curve to watch a game together um, ever since I'd played there. So that was a lot of fun. And it was, it was an incredible game back and forth. You know, Belmont was a little a little fan had a couple injuries and some freshmen had to, had to step up um, and make big plays. And there towards the end, obviously there was a game winning shot that was hit, but prior to the game winner, you know, Ohio had hit what seemed to be a game-winning shot. They hit a three to go up two with 1.7 seconds to go. And uh, Coach Alexander Belmont called a timeout. And usually in those situations, you see teams throw a full-court pass or, you know, a lollipop kind of lob pass towards half-court and have their center catch it and quickly throw it to somebody running up the sideline and heave a shot to try to win it at the buzzer. Uh, But Coach Alexander actually had freshman Cade Ty- Tyson take it out of bounds and throw like a dart, looked like an NFL quarterback just picking apart the defense right to half court. And they called another timeout. And it only took off about 0.3 seconds off the clock. So then they, they, they called another timeout and had about 1.4 seconds um, to draw up another play. And it was a great draw up. Cade Tyson was caught the ball at the top of the key true freshman, and just let it fly, nothing but net. It was really fun.
1: Uh, it was a great play, great shot, great moment for them. Taylor, we've been watching the play. In fact, we may try to show it again while I've got you on here. Is this play at all similar to the one that you used to beat Murray State that got Belmont to the NCAA tournament?
10: Um, No, I mean, this is you know, a side out. Uh, the play that we ran in 2015 it was more, you know, Reese Hamlin got the ball and it was a stack at the top of the key. And it was more of a down screen after Reese, you know, d- decided to drive off the stack to his right hand. So definitely a little bit little bit different for sure. But, you know, still screens evolved and, you know, still an, an open look for sure.
1: Um, let, let me try this one on you. Off of what you saw last night, what level is Belmont at?
10: I really liked their team a lot, and they weren't even at full strength last night. They were without Keyshawn Davison, uh, point guard transfer from Tennessee Tech, all conference guy for the Ohio Valley last couple of years. They were without EJ Bellinger, who brings them some experience and size, he's a really good shooter. Uh, Drew Freiberg, uh, Princeton transfer, got hurt and got poked in the eye and missed like the last seven or eight minutes of the game. So through the adversity last night for them to come out on top uh, I was really impressed they they just they played hard they played together there was some grit and some fight you know Ben Shepard really leads the way he makes constantly making game-winning plays getting deflections steals getting out of transition getting fouled um, they, they've got the tools uh, and the pieces and it feels like they just have like Just a great team and good camaraderie, which means so much. Um, That locker room seems healthy.
1: You can see it on the floor last night. Taylor, I'm going to kind of go around the world with you, and Watson will as well as we talk some college basketball. I was at Memorial Gym last night, which was an absolute sauna. I don't know that I've ever felt it as hot and as uncomfortable as it was and frankly vandy didn't play very well at all Uh the final score to me is not indicative of how badly they got dominated how in the world in practice do you simulate memphis's quickness when if you're vandy you don't have what they have yeah it, you know that's <laughs> that's a really hard thing to do
10: and to some degree you can't you know um i Memphis little, reminds me a little bit of what we faced at Lowell when we played Florida state, you know, they're, they're really, really big, long athletic and they switched everything and were in the, in the passing lanes kind of denying. And that's, that's really hard to simulate in practice. Um, you only have so many guys and you know, your personnel may look different than somebody else's. Um, so it, to, to a certain degree, you can't, you know, you do the best you can. Um, you know but you got to use a lot of film um which in the beginning of the season is hard to do because that's the first game there isn't much film if there's any at all um so to, to especially for the first game and then that personnel being the way that they are it, it's really difficult it's not an
1: easy thing to do i, I want to toss this at you because i believe this i'm a college basketball fan but i'm not that big a college basketball fan on november the 7th or the 8th to me this is all starting 14 to 21 days too early uh give me an opinion and why is it that way
10: <laughs> yeah you know um gosh you, you if you ask the players and i remember playing the preseason's really long so to players and staffs it's like man we cannot wait for our first game so it probably feels like it starts too late, um, but I mean the reality of it is it's just a long season. Um, it, it really is. And there's no way to. I don't really know if there's a way that you started earlier, started later, you know, because I mean you got TV contracts and everything that goes into that. But I mean, for, as a player and as a coach, it's like you can't wait to get to the first game because the preseason's long and now you you got your guys there in the summer. And you're basically having practice in the summer and then all fall and you're doing spring workouts. So yeah, I understand as a spectator, maybe you're not ready. Cause it's got college football still going on and the NFL and so many other things, the world series just wrapped up, but as a, as a player and as someone who is on staff, the games can't get there quick enough.
1: Watson, That's- before you talk to Taylor, I will bet you a dollar. One of two scenarios, a, he didn't pay for his ticket last night. It was either <laughs> Ross boss, his dad paying for it, or he got on the pass list. It's one of the two, because one thing he's learned in his brief time in media is to be a freeloader. It's <laughs> that. He, he he's been trained well,
2: hadn't he? Yes, he has. Cause I know <laughs> who, who is just like him.
1: Wow. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh,
10: I just hope oh, you, he's I just, just hope like water, George. I hope you got some water. Sounds like you were sweating last night.
1: Oh, it was. God, it was miserable. But anyway, enough of that. Watson, what do you got for Taylor?
2: Taylor, watching Belmont, and they've had the big guy in the middle, and everything's worked off of him the last two years. Have they changed their offense? Are they more spread out like the old Rick Bird looks? Or what do you see different? from them last night and what we've seen
10: in the past couple of years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, There's definitely, definitely a difference. I noticed last night, you know, there was, I don't remember any really post touches um, intentionally, Um, more so ball screens and a little bit more Princeton action uh, for sure, Um, getting the guards involved. um, There was a ton of ball screens and. You know, Belmont has the talent and the personnel to set and use ball screens, um, and it was good to see. Like you know, Evan Bronze is a different, completely player uh, than Nick Musinski, but you know he's a great athlete. He had like four or five block shots, caught a couple roll passes, um, and finished. So it's the per when, when your personnel changes, you have to adapt to what what fits that personnel the best, and Coach Alexander does a great job of that.
2: How good was Ohio supposed to be? Um, are they one of the better Mac teams? Was this a middle of the pack bunch? I'm just trying to figure out just how good Belmont can be going into the Missouri Valley.
10: You know, I, from my understanding, they, you know, Ohio's preseason um, picked middle of the pack and the Mac, but you know, they, they've they had a great program for years. Yeah. Uh, their coach has done a great job. You know, unfortunately you know, they lost a couple of their, their best players to the transfer portal. You know, one's at Virginia, one's at Alabama. So, but, but he's such a good coach. They're good year in and year out. That, that's, a, that's a good quality win that Belmont has underneath their belt. Um, and then going into Friday, Furman's really good. They're picked to win the league. It's the best team they've probably ever had. Um, so that'll be a real real test of character.
2: I just think that uh,
10: I'm glad they're going
2: back to more of the open floor stuff. I used to love to watch Belmont play in that style. And I take it that you saw where there's there's five guys to where all the multiple screens, there. even defensively, they can pass everything off. It's going back to what I've seen Belmont be able to do to people through the years. Is that what you saw last night?
10: Yeah, it was definitely, you know, the, you know, the five was definitely catching it at the elbow, of the top of the key and turn over his shoulder. And there maybe it's a back cut or a ball screen with it. You know, he's, they're kind of playing that kind of game up top. Um, so there's definitely more five out Princeton type actions, um, where they're not just, you know, setting screens and looking inside in the post down low for layups and carving out space. Um, definitely more guard, guard, heavy, uh, ball screens happening. And, um, it was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed it. You know, definitely got out in transition. Still some transition threes, transition layups, still pushing the pace like Belmont always has, which is obviously a fun way to, way to play the game.
2: Yeah. Uh, One last thing in the state I'm hearing from a lot of people, Tennessee thinks they're even better than they were a year ago. Is that what you're hearing? Is this going to be another really good vols team? I mean, they dominated tech last night and I know they should, but, Uh, it sounds like that 43 points. It sounds like their defense is back to the Rick
10: bird style of defense. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to tell, you know, it's all speculation, you know, it, it, the season's so long. Um, it's so long and so many things could happen. It's so tough for for me to be like, yeah, this is going to be the best team they've had. And they're going to, they're supposed to be this good. It's like, well, let's just see how it unfolds. You know, uh, they're definitely talented enough, um, have experience, good guard play, but you know, that's all on paper. You know, when, when the rubber meets the road, let's, let's see what happens. So I don't know. I'm curious to see myself. Yeah. Uh,
2: last thing, George, I got for him. uh, said this yesterday on the show, Taylor, my old coach, Mike Anderson, when I was the AD at UAB, used to tell me all the time. He said, I wouldn't be a football coach. You guys have one season. We have three. Is that the way? You, I mean, he said, we have a preseason, we have the conference schedule and the, and then we have the, the tournament. And he said, we have three right. different seasons and we coach it that way. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting because I can look back in football. You lose a couple early in football. You're pretty much out of all of the, the major runs. And that is not true in the basketball world. Um, right. Do do you all, is that the way you've been taught and coached is there like three different seasons? Like Mike always taught
10: me. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought. You know, there was always a sense that when the the conference season started, like this is, you know, it's like, it's a new year. Um, but you know, you, every game matters you know you got the net rankings now and like i mean everyone's trying to make the NCAA tournament and be the highest you know they could be in the net so it, it doesn't really start over it's not really three different seasons it's more like you can break it up a little bit is the way i view it you know like hey we this is you know because conference you have a chance to win the regular season conference the missouri valley the acc whatever it is so that's definitely a season within itself but Obviously, every game, you can't take any game lightly because it can affect you negatively um, or positively. So, you know, it's still all one season, but I definitely understand the concept of what he's trying to say.
1: Taylor, we're yeah. looking forward to having you on uh, each week when we really get knee deep into basketball. But I do need the answer. You didn't pay last night, did you?
10: Uh, those those, were, those seats were given to me by a very good man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Watson, in other words, my uh assumption was dead on correct. You you have trained him well, George. Oh, what no doubt about it. What a mooch. Okay, Taylor, thank you so much. Um <laughs> uh, I'll make sure that Ross Boss knows about this and uh you pass on happy birthday wishes to him.
10: Oh, hey, will do. I look forward to being on myself. Y'all have a good
1: rest of the day. And stay tuned, we will have more in a moment. This is Main Street Media Television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a 9-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does
1: exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time.
5: I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. There is so
1: much going on in Nashville and Middle Tennessee in the world of sports. It's one of the things that I have loved seeing the growth of all of this over the last 25 years. And one of the things that really has happened is the marathon world has exploded in our city. There is now a half marathon that is very popular. It's this Saturday. It'll start in the Bicentennial Mall area and joining us to talk about it is Malaine McCormick who is the owner of Run Nashville. Malaine thank you for being with us.
8: Thank you for having me. How many
1: people will actually participate this weekend?
8: This weekend we'll have about 3,500 runners across four different distances.
1: And those distances are, because people like me need to know, <laughs> we need the least possible to qualify.
8: Yeah. So our shortest distance, and my favorite, is the 5K. And then one step above that, we have a two-person half-marathon relay that essentially breaks that 13.1 into about a five and an eight-mile um, leg for two different runners. And then to graduate above that is the half-marathon distance, which is the most popular distance Um in the States. And that's 13.1 miles. And then we have 500 people going for the full distance of 26.2 miles.
1: What what do you think has caused the uptick? Because there's been a noticeable one in recent years.
8: Yeah, there has been. Um, I've been in the marathon business since 2007. Started when I was a, a grad student at Belmont in the business and have really seen the growth. And I think A lot of it is attributed to people wanting to push themselves, um, give themselves something to look forward to, uh, and be an athlete themselves. I think that they're so, um, you know, psyched up by seeing their athletes on the field that they want to go out and accomplish something similar.
1: Tell me a couple of things about this weekend that I probably would not know unless I was really into it the way you are.
8: Things you wouldn't know is um, that we will be uh, starting at 7 a.m., Um, We will be affecting parts of Nashville, and even if you're not a runner, um, we will uh, invite you to come along the course uh, and and cheer people on. So do, uh, if you are going to see a game or getting out and about, do know that there'll be road closures. Um, One thing that we're really excited about is bringing back kind of a local competition to the area. This event has been around for for 12 years, and we want to be kind of the the local race and we put together a challenge with um, four representatives from the greater Nashville area who are looking to compete um, between a 145 and a two hour half marathon um, to win the county challenge. So we'll see who takes that home to their county. Um, but we've got four great contenders out there for race day.
1: Am I right with the cold front moving in Friday and the mm-hmm. temperatures being about 20 degrees cooler? that in the marathon world, that's absolutely heaven.
8: Oh, yes. People are so excited to be running in cooler temps. The New York City Marathon was this past weekend, and they were 20 20 degrees above what they're used to. And that's not the direction you really want to go. Racing in cooler temperatures is much easier on the runner. Um, They do have to be more mindful about hydration. You usually don't want to hydrate when it's cold, but you do need to hydrate, but overall people are excited to be running in cooler temperatures and less humidity.
1: Okay. I should know this, but I don't. Can somebody get into this? If they saw this right now at the 11th hour, can they still get in? And if so, how?
8: They definitely can still get in. Um, We can register at runnash.com. We do advise that you have done some training prior to jumping in and signing up, (laughs) just for your own good, not for ours, but we just want to look out for you. But, yes, there are spaces still open in the half and the 5K. Um, But, like I said, the marathon's sold out, and we're excited to welcome um, 500 athletes in that distance.
1: Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. If you had to guess, are all 50 states – accounted for in this deal?
8: We're too short. So we, we're two states short, but we do have five countries represented. So the furthest someone's coming um, is from Germany. We've got Germany, Brazil, Scotland, France, um, Mexico. So we have a, quite a bit of international runners as well.
1: Butch and thanks you.
8: <laughs> and only grow from there. He's done a great job of setting up the city um, as an international destination. So uh, you're so, yeah.
1: you're so right about that. Malayne, thank you for coming on with us, uh, for taking the time to tell us a little bit about something we need some education on. So you were really good to do this.
8: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Malayne McCormick is the owner of Run Nashville, and she is right in the middle of this half marathon that will take place over the weekend. Watson, have you ever come close to running one? George, I haven't run 200 yards <laughs> since I quit playing.
9: <laughs>
1: Good for you.
2: <laughs> Much less two miles. I haven't run 200 yards since no, i I, love I, love I know. I was going to ask her one thing. Maybe you know this, but is this a tough marathon? Is it hilly here more in, uh, or is this – Cause that to you know, me, I talk to runners, and that's a big yeah. part of marathons.
1: You know, I wish I had known that that you wanted to to get in on. No, that. no, no, I'm, I'm fine. But I, I know in it. the past that when when they first started this, that the hills were because this is a hilly area. Yeah, that's what I wondered if this yeah. is a tough. One. My buddy, the late great Rick Region, used to volunteer at this every year. He loved doing it, but it's a struggle. I mean, you know, you don't see a lot of people smiling at the end. You know, if if you're looking for a, sm- uh, a sport with a lot of smiling and laughing, this ain't it. No.
3: I love how you a- said you should probably train for it, too. <laughs> a, you might want to train a little bit. Yeah. Here's
1: a helpful hint for you. Absolutely. Run. Run. Run a lot. So, Watson, uh, uh, hold on a second. Before I go there i got a couple, three program notes to pass on. The first has to do with my bowling event, which is three weeks from yesterday. I'm about six foursomes away from a complete and total sellout. I would love for some of you who are watching this, whether it's live or later in the evening, if you want to get in on this, it's an incredibly fun night with all these, you know, 60 some odd sports celebrities that'll also be a part of it with you. Go to my email, which is plastergeorge at gmail.com. Again, plastergeorge at gmail.com. Let me know you want to get involved. I'll get in touch with you and we'll secure a foursome. A foursome is $800 if you want to come. As a single player, it's 200. I'll get you on a team. That's program note number one. By the way, it's November 28th, the Monday after Thanksgiving, at the Hermitage Strike and Spare. Program note number two, beginning on Friday, I'm very excited that Herm Edwards and I will reunite, and we will do it every Friday Friday right at five o'clock. Now, every once in a while, his schedule may force us to change, but that's what we're looking at. Every Friday, about 20 minutes with coach Herm Edwards. Can't wait to reunite with him on that.
3: That's awesome. That is great news.
1: Yeah. Without Watson
3: though, we got to get, it means Watson's got to come on on Fridays.
1: But you guys have never met, have you? No, I, I, I I've
10: never met her. Um,
1: He's a piece of work.
2: 100% been told that by a lot of people.
1: (laughs) When when he called me last week, he never says ESPN. He always calls it the worldwide leader. (laughs) I guess I'm going back to work with the worldwide leader. Well, I guess you are. The mothership? Yeah. Worldwide leader today has had a field day over one of their own, Jeff Saturday, being named, quote, the interim in Indianapolis now Watson you and I both know if this guy kills it in the second half of the season there's no interim to this he's going to be their head coach and by the way I think he'll do really well but there are a couple of sticky wickets in this first of all they've sort of gone around the Rooney rule and you know full well if he does well, they're going to go around it again. I don't. I don't know how they're doing that.
2: I don't understand it. I. I, I just don't. I don't think if he hires him full time, I think he, he'll have to go through the Rooney Rule to hire him full time, George. So I, maybe he could get away in an interim basis. I would say you don't have to do that in an interim basis. But if they decide that he wins enough games and they want to give him the job, I don't think they can do that. I think they're going to have to go through the process.
1: Watson, let's say in the second half, let's just make this up, that they go six and two or whatever it would be, and he gets their offense moving a little bit. Well, there's no way they're not going to hire him.
9: Well,
2: no, I don't think so. But at the same time, they got a process they got to go through, and he'll have yeah. to prove to the everybody, to the world, to the league, that he's going through the process. And it's 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 not one of those fake deals where I'll bring in this guy and this guy, but we're hiring Jeff. He can't he can't do that. Even though in his mind he may want to do it, but I'm telling you. They'll get all over him if he don't go through the right process with this. Oh,
1: they're going to, but it's funny as all get out. And we both know it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is the parts of it I don't like, George. When you know who you want and a certain situation's created who you want, it's not fair to the people you're bringing in to interview. I always hated that as a coach when if I knew who I wanted to hire, but they tell me you've got to interview three more people or whatever. I didn't feel like it was fair to those people and um but he could very well get caught in that now he hasn't won he hadn't gone six and two yet either. oh no I'm not sure how good that football team is i I'm not sure this was the head coach's issue that they're not winning right now and
1: and so i'm I'm not as much with you on that
2: everything's going to be rosy just because he showed up.
1: No, I'm not saying it is, but I I will say this. I think Jeff Saturday, first of all, it shows you the power of getting into the commentary world on ESPN and what that will do to influence people's opinions of you. Uh, I happen to think Jeff Saturday will kill it. But Watson, here's the other issue. Okay, he's walking into a coaching staff that he doesn't have anything to do with, Some of those people are pissed off because they weren't named the interim. How does he settle that early? Well,
2: 100% they're all ticked off because their boss got fired. That's the first thing. Um, I can't hardly remember. Maybe I did it once here or there, but I took six different head coaching jobs. And I don't think I've ever kept a guy on the staff prior. Maybe one here or there, but I'm telling you, 98, 99%, I didn't do it. And uh, that reason of just the, the cloud that hangs over it and the upset family, upsetting family life here, it, it's, man, that's hard to get over when, when you're let go. And so he's got his hands full the whole, he walks into a staff room and there's nobody in there. Happy nobody. And then you're right, there's another couple that are really hurt because they weren't named the interim. So that adds even more to it. Um, what I see, though, that can overcome that is the respect that he's going to have in the locker room is going to be huge because he's, he's won a lot of games, was a great player. He's kind of a Mike Brable deal that just by who he is and what all he's done within the NFL, uh, he's going to get, when he speaks to them, they're going to listen, George. And so maybe, just maybe, he can convince the staff, man, hey, you're here. I know you're hurt. I know you're upset. I had nothing to do with this. We've had some things laid in front of us here. we got to make this work. Maybe he can convince them in that way. I hope he can but he's not going to have a problem in the locker room. They, they will listen to him immediately.
1: One of the things that probably helps him on the player side, he has been doing on Tuesdays one of the most hilarious segments that I've ever seen. And the players watch it, and you know they watch it. The pancake, where they get film footage of somebody knocking somebody else into the next county. And he has absolutely been a hoot doing that. And you know the players know exactly what he is and who he is. That does give him a leg up.
2: Yeah, but but I think it's more of who he is, not what he was doing. I think it goes back to what kind of player he was and being a very successful one. To me, that's what Mike Vrabel had—that th- was there for him yep. to lay out to the players when he first walked in the door. Uh, watching him on television, yeah, he's got name recognition. But I, if he hadn't been the successful football player he was, I don't think that he would have gotten this hire. I guess I'm taking up for the hire. I don't see anything wrong with the hire. Oh, I, I don't think. Bring, bring, bringing a guy in that has never coached a day in his life and putting him on an NFL team. But all the offense and defensive people are all in place. All he's got to do is turn attitudes around, get a toughness in that room, which I've, I have didn't think the coach have had all year long. But I'm going to bet you come Sunday you'll see a toughness come out of the locker room, and they better play hard or he's going to be in their face. And uh, that's what I think he'll give them.
1: For those who think that he's just doing this for two months and then going back into ESPN, at the press conference last night, he sort of said, I'm in this to impress the Colts and possibly the other 31 teams that are out there. So Watson, I think this has been in the back of his mind for a good while, and it just so happened that the team he used to play for is the one that reached out to him.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, George, he's lucky to get this opportunity, but at the same time, his career gives him this opportunity. And, and, and if it hadn't been, if he wasn't a coach, I don't think he would have got this. I think that's a big piece of yeah. this, that it comes open right when he, his family, his history is with this team. He's put that white helmet on with that horseshoe on the side of it a whole bunch of times. A lot of blood laid on those in that field, in that dome. And so I think I think he's in it for the long haul. And if he doesn't get the job, he wants to coach. He's probably been going back and forth with this. Do I go back and be an assistant now? Do I go back and be an offensive line coach? Is that really what I want to do? Do I want to stay in ESPN? And I bet you when this was laid in front of him, man, he leaked it.
1: Okay, I want to ask this one last thing. I'm really putting you on the spot here. You're Watson Brown assistant coach. Do you resent this?
2: Not if he handles it well. If my new boss walks in and he's first class in the way he handles it and says, guys, I I wasn't part of this. I'm not agreeing with what happened or disagreeing. I've been... Offered this opportunity. I need your help. I need you to stay positive and jump on board with me, and let's finish these next two months out. If he goes at it in a classy way, I, coaches are coaches, and if if he does that and reaches out to them, and say I need your help. I think they'll jump on board and give it the best they got, George. I think the 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 feelings you have a coach can put aside. But if it's not approached in the right way, man, they won't put it aside.
1: Okay. Interesting stuff. Stick around. When we come back, it's plaster bed of the day. God knows I need a win.
5: At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process.
7: My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We
5: offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and
0: Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com.
6: Christmas for Kids is back at the Ryman this November 21st. Christmas for Kids provides children with shopping sprees, coats, and unforgettable experiences every year. This annual fundraising concert helps bring that experience to more kids. This year is hosted by Phil Vasser and includes Chris Young, the frontman, which is Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, Larry Stewart of Restless Heart, Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Essex County, and a whole lot more. Christmas for Kids, November 21st. To purchase tickets, go right now to Rival.com.
8: This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country
6: returns to Nashville Zoo. See more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. This is attorney Bart
10: Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year.
2: At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help.
1: Give us a call at 615-242-9000. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to StrikeAndSpare.com. has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider, of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Hey
7: everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee.
5: We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports card, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, Baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards.
7: We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
3: The Titans Drum and Bugle Corps is back as we close out this Tuesday edition of the George Plaster Show. It's time for Plaster's bet of the Day, powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, they've aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need learn more about bart durham injury law by logging on to bart okay george it's time to take a look at some of your results Ugh. from last night well it was the only result from last night vanderbilt laid an egg
1: well they were never in the game three minutes in it was over uh, they simply could not handle memphis's quickness or their pressure I thought they would get more done offensively. Uh, Truthfully, I walked out of there uh, not really very encouraged by much of anything I saw. They're young, um, but they've got to mix Jordan Wright, uh, the big kid Liam. um,
3: Yeah, when Jordan Wright only scores seven and Robbins isn't much of a factor, you're you're not going to win many
1: games. I didn't think either one of them played enough.
3: No, it was interesting. Second-half substitution, saw a lot of freshmen. So, we'll see. Yeah. One game, but didn't look great.
1: It's an L. Um, you know, we got to do better. Um, Watson, I know that uh, I'm, I'm very, you know, willing to tell you exactly what the percentages are when I'm getting close. We're down to 48.1%. Mm. No, that's that, enough, that ain't good let, enough, Coach.
2: Don't, don't let it get under forty eight here. Let's keep it. Let's keep it up from there. We don't want to okay. start getting down in the forty sevens and forty sixes.
9: Yes, keep and it in the
2: forty eights.
1: Yeah, you're going to be all right. The yeah. doors
2: didn't do you very good this weekend.
1: George. No, they, they no, they did not. Um, it starts tonight, George. Maction, Maction. Yes. So we got a two team teaser here. Teaser. Eastern Michigan minus one and a half at Akron. Akron is the dregs of society. They really are. <laughs> Toledo, on the other hand, is one of the best teams and maybe the best team in the MAC. Uh, they go up against Mike New and Ball State. So I'm saying tease down Eastern Michigan and Toledo and Watson the way I have it planned. Victory number 66 will follow. Okay. I'm with you. Does that mean but you agree? I don't explain a
2: teaser to me before we leave. Well, you get to take better. I don't know what that means.
1: Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite. Okay. In a two team teaser, you're allowed to take six points. Six eight, points. Yes. Between and, and the on two. Both, on, on each game. Okay. But you have to win both to win the bet.
2: Okay. I got it. Then I think it's a pretty good bet. Yeah. I
1: think it's a pretty good bet. Guess what we got tomorrow? What? The man who runs the college football playoff. Mm. Bill Hancock will be with us at 5 o'clock. Clark Lee talking Vanderbilt. And Watson will have some analysis of our own. So we got a full plate tomorrow. Until then, you behave. I'm going to do my best. Billy, you must behave.
3: I'll see what I can do.
1: Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow on Main Street Media Television.